It's time for You Talking to Me with your host, Big JD. So today's show is just going to scratch the surface of our virtual world and who better to have on the show to talk about that and technology but Adam Angst. Adam is the editor and publisher of Tidbits, one of the oldest and largest internet-based newsletters distributed in five languages every week to hundreds of thousands of readers and he's the author or co-author on numerous books and magazine articles including the best-selling Internet Starter Kit series of books and he's collaborated on several internet educational videos and has appeared on a variety of nationally broadcast television and radio programs and you talking to me is no exception adam angst welcome to the show hey thanks for having me so i wanted to tell folks first where we met it's a, a bit of an interesting story because uh, uh i had bought a book in the past that i never uh, i didn't realize that the t- at the time that uh, you had actually published this book and uh so we met at the end of 2018 at Shouldice hospital and i'll let you explain what Shouldice is yeah, Soldice is a, an interesting place. It's a hospital in Toronto, and uh, it is the world leader in hernia repair surgeries. And I had had two on the left side, and so when I needed one on the right side, my doctor says, you're going to Toronto. And little did I know, coming from the U.S., um, this would be true socialized medicine because you spent the entire time socializing. It, it was. It was a, it was a Soldice experience, I call it. <laughs> <laughs> so we were roommates. Uh, uh, Big JD came in uh, the day after I did, so I got to be the uh, the the mentor, the wise man who knew, like, oh yeah, you're really going to want to do something else here. <laughs> <laughs> and then Adam leaves the day before me, and I thought I was going to be somebody's mentor, and I never got a oh, another roommate. Man, you, didn't, you didn't get someone. Oh man, that's the best part. Like, yeah, 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 I know what's going to happen to you in 24 hours. <laughs> I had as many questions for you as I did for the uh, surgeons and the nurses, and <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, that's where we met. And uh, like I had mentioned, I, I had bought a book that uh, that you and, and your, your wife had published. And, yeah, uh, Take yeah. Control of Scrivener, wasn't it? Yeah, Take Control of Scrivener, yes. Yeah, back when we, we still, we uh, we started the Take Control series of books back in 2003 and sold it in 2017. But uh, it was it was such a hoot to, to you know, have this person lying in bed next to me who was more read one of, read one of my books. Separate beds, folks, separate beds. Yeah. <laughs> in the room, yeah. So yeah. We, had a, we even had a curtain between behind. Yeah. So uh, the Take Control series, is that actually, uh, I know you sold that. Is, does, does Tanya have a hand in that? So at the moment, no. Uh, we sold it to our star author, a guy named Joe Kissel, who had written, I think, like 50 titles for us um, in that series. Um, fabulous guy. And he knew everything. We, I mean, we had actually built the series with him. He, he wrote our first book. And so every decision we made really was made with him, um, you know, participating. And he had gotten tired of writing and we had gotten tired of publishing. So we decided that it was time to uh, to, to move on. And, and uh, he was the only person that made sense to take it over. And he was thrilled to be able to, you know, switch into a different role and do the take over the things that we had just not ever quite been able to do for him. So that was kind of fun. Well, it sounded like it worked out really well then that uh, transition. And yes. um, so I want to talk about tidbits because tidbits mm-hmm. is a big thing for you. It's been around since the, I think the beginning of time pretty much. 
Yeah, that would be 1990. So, right, yeah. there wasn't anything before then, was there? No, no. No, no. I don't think so. Yeah. And no internet, so. No, I was born in 1990, so. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so Tidbits, we started it in 1990 and have been publishing every week for the last 29 years, which is wow. just about, it'll be 29 years in April, so just about there. It's uh, truly shocking. I, you know, I, I must say I never anticipated 29 years ago that I would be doing the same thing week after week after week uh, for, for that long. Yeah, it's, it is pretty amazing. And, and, and tell us a little bit about what Tidbits is. <laughs> <laughs> well, so it, Tidbits is a, a publication that focuses on Apple, Apple, Apple computer, uh, actually just Apple Inc. now. They now, because they do so much more than the Macintosh, which is where we started, it is now Apple Inc. And so, yes, we, we talk about the Mac, the iPhone, the iPad, all of their services, software that's associated going on in the inter- internet world that uh, are interesting to Apple users and things like that. And, uh, used to be a lot more relaxed and now that apple is uh well they at least flirt with being the most most uh valuable company in the world periodically uh there's a lot just keeping up with apple these days is is a full-time job oh no doubt so i i mentioned in the in the show intro that uh, we'll just be scratching the surface of our kind of a <laughs> i called it our virtual world but uh, you know to say virtual world that could mean so many things it's a broad topic so this will be a minuscule part of that in the way of computers media technology and so while there are far too many topics to cover especially in a single show i'd primarily like to discuss a, a couple of topics and one being uh, the virtual book the digital book the ebook uh, maybe even the audio book uh, you're obviously no stranger to publishing Give us your take on the transition from paper books to ebooks, uh, and maybe back again, even, and uh, where we are, where you think we're headed, uh, if yeah. anything beyond where we've come. It's 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 a truly fascinating situation. So we started Take Control in 2003, in part because the technologies kind of came together at that point in time for people to be able to read books on a computer or a device. I mean, keep in mind this is 2003, so it's before the iPad, um, and uh, and so it was an interesting opportunity at that point. And we then just kind of rode the wave. I mean, it was crazy. I mean, people started asking us for our books on the iPhone and then the iPad, you know, before we were even, I'm just going to say we were ready before the technologies were ready to make them available there. And so that was a, it was really fascinating to watch. And I think, you know, we saw this just, just, just as, as this way of this skyrocketing um, effect of books, uh, digital books becoming tremendously popular and people predicting that this was going to be the wave of the future and print books were going to disappear. And then it didn't happen. Yeah, that what happened was is ebooks basically came to a certain level of the uh, takeover, a certain level of the market. I forget what it is, 25, 35%, something like that. And then they just stopped. And sales have just been stagnant since then. I mean, they're not going down. But the fact is, is that paper books have not gone away. And part of that is, is that researchers have discovered that people actually understand and retain material better when they read it on paper. So even, you know, college students today who have grown up digital are really preferring textbooks on paper when they need to learn. And so uh, I don't think, you know, I, I, I think perhaps 10 years ago I might have said, oh, wow, ebooks are, are going to take over and print books are going to be, you know, interesting only for their artifact value. 
But now I think it's really going to take a lot longer before print disappears in any way, any significant way. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're going to need some level of technology where we're recreating the feel and and utility of the paper book in some kind of a digital medium where there's actual little literal pages that we flip, but the pages can be like individual Kindles. You know, that's the point where I think paper books might might start to go away because we'll be retaining the physical physicality of it all, without actually uh, having to 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 lose what it makes you know what makes a paper book important. Well, what really makes it important, I think, is the binding, and there's never any type of binding on these uh, digital yeah. really. <laughs> and, there, and, and, and it matters. I, I'm I mean, just, if you think about it, I just, you, but... you, no, no, but seriously, you know where you are in a paper book, yeah. right? You know, you can tell by putting your thumb in it that your two thirds or three quarters are all the way through are almost done. Or wherever and your marker actually, is, right? Right. That means something. And, yeah. and we don't think about that. But when you're reading an ebook, even if it tells you some number as some little progress bar, it's not the same thing yet. And we don't have these these inherent built-in sense of positioning um, that that makes a difference, and and so yeah, so it's it's stuff like that that I think is it's it will change at some point, but it's going to be a while yet. And something else that I haven't seen, I, I, I'm just picking on these little things like the binding, <laughs> and the, but the uh, the bookmark. Can you get different kinds of bookmarks for digital books or, or no? Because remember the ones they had? It was the the thing in plastic and it had a little piece of rope or something sticking oh, out. Oh yeah, of it the yarn, the yarn at the top, and <laughs> yeah. and there were the, the, the I mean, this of course dates me entirely, but there were the Garfield bookmarks. I mean, you know, that you could buy them in bookstores, you know, and they had little the other cartoon characters on them and stuff. Yeah. I mean, so you know, bookmarks used to be a thing, and they still are, obviously, to to an extent. But uh, but no but digital yeah. bookmarks like that. Digital- I mean, you just have a little red. There's right. It's just a little tap, and yeah, it's just it loses the entire appeal. And so, what's your preferred format? Or at least these so days, maybe. These days, I have to say, uh, my preferred format is an ebook, and it's for an interesting reason, though. It's not because I think that it is the best best uh, overall format, but you may have noticed that newspapers always use a very narrow column width, and that's because the human eye reads you know, left to right, you know, English anyway, left to right, and we bounce over words. So a long line, you'll, your eye will actually only read like every third word and you will fill in the rest. And so newspapers use short column widths to make it easier to understand and retain. And so I've discovered that uh, there's this wonderful combination of Public libraries have ebooks available that you can just borrow in an app. Uh, I use Libby with the New York Public Library. And then if you're reading on an iPhone, you have a built-in narrow column width. So it ends up being a really nice reading experience from that kind of mental perceptual, visual perceptual issue. Plus, uh, I often read in bed at night and um, I have terrible eyes. So it's very easy to hold an iPhone like four inches from my face, whereas getting a book four inches from my face is sometimes a little awkward. And needing the light. <laughs> Precisely. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm perfectly backlit, you know, it, and I can adjust. I can even read in, you know, in the pitch black. If I wake up in the middle of the night and can't get back to sleep, I can, you know, knock the brightness on the iPhone way down and read without waking up my wife. Yeah. And I think it's interesting, too, the changes that you can make to them for, you know, your, your reading pleasure or your eyes yes. or adjusting for the room or whatever. But the, 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 you know, you get that paperback page color kind of thing. Mm, yep. A little bit of sepia color. Yeah. You yeah. Can, 
can uh, you can increase the font size or decrease it. I mean, actually, at four inches, I see really well, so mm-hmm. I can I can knock the font size way down. <laughs> but but if I do have my glasses on or my contacts on, and I can't see nearly as well at you know a sort of comfortable distance reading distances, I'm 51. Insert comment about stupid aging eyes here. Um, then uh, you know then I bump the font size back up, and I can do that within a book within a reading session. Yeah. You know again. One of those nice things about an ebook that you can't do with a paper book. I pretty much don't retain anything because I need a full letter on each page. <laughs> Before we leave the book thing and, and publishing and whatnot, what's your the favorite book that you've written or published? Oh, Is there man. anything in particular that you're most fond well, of? So, so I have to say that, that, you know, there is, there's always the first one. Mm-hmm. And so the first book I wrote was uh, in 1993, it was called the Internet Starter Kit for Macintosh. And it was designed to help people get on the internet from a Mac. And this was the fifth book about the internet. So number five, and we only missed number four by a week or two. Mm-hmm. And it was, I, I remember when the, uh, the publishing company contacted me to see if I was interested in writing. I said, well, there are three other books about the internet. I'll have to see if there's something else I can say. <laughs> and yeah, so that was, uh, you want to talk about sort of, you know, you know, uh, lassoing the tiger by the tail, uh, that book, uh, you know, across four editions and translations and, adi- you know, versions for windows and the Mac and everything sold like 600,000 copies. So yeah, that's my favorite book. <laughs> the last thing I want to talk about, I say kind of quickly, but another huge topic, kind of a, a broad scope is the laptop versus the desktop. Mm-hmm. Uh, what maybe do you prefer between the two? What do you feel are the biggest pros and cons between them for yourself? And maybe what others should look for if they're looking for a new computer, don't know which one to get. Well, it's it's an interesting and, and ever-present topic. It used to be, of course, we only had desktops. I mean, I actually do remember the Macintosh Portable, or as we used to call it, the Luggable, because I believe it weighed 17 pounds. Wow. Yes, it had a handle, but uh, you were going to be getting a workout. Um, so, so yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm still mostly a desktop guy. And I work on a 27-inch Retina iMac with a second 27-inch screen next to it. And and that's actually why I'm a desktop guy, because I want screens. I want big screens. I want to see everything all at once. And I currently can usually see, you know, four to five apps simultaneously. And for the kind of writing I do, that's important because I'm referring to something and going back and, you know, checking my email to see what that was said about the article, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So... All that said, I, of course, do have a laptop as well, currently a, a MacBook Air. And the MacBook uh, MacBook Air is, a, is my travel machine and a testing machine, and it's fabulous. Uh, you know, that they, again, dating from the very early days of the laptops, um, we've come so, so far. And a lot of the... I still use a laptop the way we did in the early days, which was, you know, a secondary machine that you would use for traveling. And you knew you were making trade-offs. And so for me, that's still true. You know, I don't have as much power. I don't have as much screen real estate, all of those kinds of things. And I use it for travel. That said, modern day laptops have gotten so good and so powerful that, you know, for instance, my son, who's a 20-year-old sophomore at Cornell University, he he lives on a laptop. Because he's out and about every day, all day. He's in classes. He needs to take take notes, that kind of thing. And so a desktop machine, you know, wouldn't really make sense for him. He actually likes having a big monitor he can plug into back in his dorm room so he gets more screen real estate. But again, you can do that with modern-day laptops. So it's not really – it doesn't have to be an either-or situation. You can either go all in on the laptop and get a powerful one and a second monitor. Um, or you can go for what I've done and get a really powerful desktop and have a somewhat less powerful uh, laptop. But, 
you know, or you can do both, but you know, usually the more powerful laptops get a little pricey. So, yeah, especially when we're buying Apple. <laughs> it's true. Although I, I was just uh, referring back to some articles we published in Tidbits 19 years ago. Uh, this is by a, a software wow. developer who'd gone on a. He'd actually taken his his entire shareware company on a two month trip, basically on a PowerBook G3, if you remember those. Mm-hmm. And and he'd written us this article about how he you know actually ran his business for two months while traveling through Asia. And so I pulled this out because I was fascinated, just like how much the world has changed in those 19 years in terms of traveling with technology. And his PowerBook G3 and all the stuff he had to buy for it was about $3,500 um, at the time. And um, like I said, the laptop itself was 2,500, uh, various accessories. And nowadays you could buy a MacBook Air, that's what he uses now, um, and for $1,000. And so, you know, it, it was it was just radically cheaper, both in you know, just in real terms, in terms of, you know, a thousand versus 2,500. And then you go back and, you know, look at the cost of living changes and all that, the cost of the money. Prices really have come down hugely in many ways. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Much more affordable now. And I, and I think if, if people can afford it and, and you, you know, yeah. you might require both a desktop and laptop. I know like we do for work as well. And, and we're in audio and video, so we have to have a desktop. <laughs> um, but boy, a laptop's convenient. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. And, you know, I will say again, they've gotten so good, you know, that the the screen quality, the reliability, the the guy I was talking to, he's now, a, he's a developer, he still lives in, uh, lives still overseas, he was in London before, now he's in Tel Aviv. And he was saying that he's been using a seven-year-old, a seven-year-old MacBook Air um, the entire time. And it's partly because these machines last a long time and Really, they hold their they hold their value. They hold their performance. Yeah. So you know, if you don't require massive performance, like actually for like audio and video processing, you do. Mm-hmm. But uh, for many of the rest of us, you know, where we're mostly doing email and web stuff, turns out those older machines just to keep plugging along. Yep. And and my laptop is an older machine. It's the 17 inch. Uh, oh, unibody. <laughs> the 17. Yeah, oh, that was 2011. Big. Yep. Yep, which was the, the last year. I, I don't know. They didn't make them very long anyway, did they? I don't think. 17? They were, they were around for a while, but I don't really? remember exactly how long. Yeah. So, um, and, and as it, like this guy wanted to go in the other direction, so he had an 11-inch air. Yeah. You know, the really small ones. And that's, you know, my wife had that for the longest time too. And, and you know, super nice little machine, really light, really small. Yeah. So hard to go wrong if, if you don't need the screen real estate. Right, right. And they're catching back up though. They got a, uh, I guess they're coming out with a 16 inch. Yeah, that's the latest rumor. So we will see. Yeah. Uh, I'm more interested in the uh, the rumor about the 6K display, a 30 inch 6K display because right. the iMac hasn't been updated in a long time too. And I'm running on a 2014 iMac. So if they had a new iMac with a 30 inch display and there was a 30 inch external monitor, <laughs> more pixels. Yeah, yeah. And we, were, I think we were talking about that at Shouldice, the, uh, yeah. how they dropped their monitor and they went with the, what was it, an LG they yeah, we're for a while, promoting. the LG, and there aren't, and there's no other 5K displays. Yeah. So you know, and and for people who aren't super familiar with this stuff, the important thing about Apple's 5K display in the on the iMac is it's what's called Retina, which means you can't see the pixels. So this picture is crystal clear, and the older 27-inch monitor that I have next to my iMac is not Retina, mm-hmm. and you know, I can tell. You know, even with my lousy eyes, it just isn't as clean and clear. So that yeah. uh, once we move into that technology, we have yeah. it and it's in front of us, 
it's hard yeah. to go back. You, you know you're like, I mean? wow. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm going to have to like look at pixels like an animal. <laughs> like an animal. So where can listeners uh, follow you online? Uh, and, any links you might want to give out or, or whatever? Yeah. Well, I'd encourage everyone to go take a look at uh, tidbits.com which is uh, the newsletter that we publish. And I, I call it a newsletter because we started well before the web, um, but it is, of course, just a website uh, and we, you can sign up to get it in email if you so wish. Uh, so tidbits.com. And uh, for anyone who's listening who might happen to be a consultant or the other side of our business now is we provide syndicated content for consultants and resellers and the like who need to have their own blogs that don't have time to write stuff. And that's called the Tidbits Content Network at tcn.tidbits.com. Cool stuff. Thanks for taking the time to be on the show, sharing your views, and uh, wish you all the best as you continue with the great services and the uh, and the creating. Uh, it's uh, never-ending, but uh, happy to be here and uh, happy to come back again if you want to chat sometime. Absolutely. Take care. Thanks. I'd like to thank my guest, Adam Engst, for being on the show. It's always a pleasure speaking with him, and he's never at a loss for discussing such a wide range of topics related to computers, Apple, technology, news, publishing, and more. Again, you can find him at tidbits.com. Be sure to catch the new You Talking to Me shows on Big JD and Lippo in the morning. Morning shows drop every Sunday morning, and you can subscribe to the morning show in iTunes. Just do a search there for Big JD and Lippo, or listen online at TuneIn Radio, or simply visit the You Talking to Me website for more information. www.youtalkingtome.ca. That's the letter U, talking, the number two, me.ca. Until next time, this is You Talking to Me. I'm your host, Big JD. Thanks for listening.